So I'm not sure if you if you remember it or not, but we we've, we've met at um of course I Billboard Music Awards. Yes, of in course. In 2018. Yeah, Do you we remember? took a, yeah we took a photo. <laughs> we took a photo. I wanted to work then, <laughs> but I didn't you know I didn't want to like you know be aggressive. So I was like, oh, so, you know, let's just okay. take a photo. But, you, you but, nice. but I really wanted this. I was like, yo, let's leave. I think we took a photo backstage. Yeah, backstage. In your room, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then like I was working in a studio not too far off and I really wanted to be like, listen, let's leave here right now mm -hmm. and go make some great music. Wow. <laughs> yep. For more than 50 years, the writers at Rolling Stone have been sitting down with artists to go inside their sound, their creative process, and the quirks and perks of being a musician. But what happens when we take the writer away and ask two pop phenoms from two completely different places and generations to interview each other? Specifically, what might we hear when one of the most unique hit makers of the last 25 years sits down with the leader of the biggest band on the planet to talk about the price of fame, the keys to creativity, and why it's important to take a break every so often. Hey, I'm Pharrell. I'm Warren from BTS. And this is Rolling Stones Musicians on Musicians. Yes, sir. RM went from being an aspiring underground rapper in South Korea to performing in sold-out stadiums around the world as the leader of BTS. Now, he's working on his first official solo album. At the Museum of Contemporary Art in Los Angeles this fall, the young superstar met with Pharrell Williams, whose one-of-a-kind career as a producer, rapper, and singer has spanned decades. The conversation touched on everything from the value of pain to the electric experience of playing for the whole world and the intimacy of producing another artist's work. My favorite songs you made for other people is like, and Sweet Life, of course. Whoa. And Change Clothes. Whoa. Uh, and get lucky. There's so many, you know, amazing numbers you made. So I was wondering the, you know, creative process and you know, how it's different for you yourself or, you know, between the, you know, songs you made for the others, like the singers or the rappers. Mm -hmm. I just wonder the difference, you know, from the, from the scratch. So when an artist walks in, they ask for something. Like a track or a you know, idea. they'll say, you know, I just want something hard or I want something darker or I want, you know, something that's like for the club. And so I'm considering what they're looking for. Mm. But I'm also thinking about like the texture of their voice and and the patterns and the melodies that they do usually. And then I think about um, how I can give them something very different than they've ever done before. Mm. And a lot of times, you know, an artist will say, man, that's a little different for me or whatever. Mm. And then I'll go ahead and reference it and, you know, sell it to someone else. And then oh. like oftentimes that same person will come back to me and say, man, why didn't you play me that? And I'm like, <laughs> I did play you that, but they weren't hearing it in that way. Wow, that's a fun part. Yeah, that's mm. the fun part. But then there are people who, who jump out the window and they go ahead and try it. Because mm. my whole thing is just try it. We don't have to put it out. Right. But you know, people are so good at what they do, sometimes they're afraid to explore different parts of their voice, different parts of their personality and mm -hmm. different parts of their career. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're a little like hesitant, but for the ones that do try it, they get to experience something new. And look, if we've decided at the end of the day, it's just not right for them, it's not right for them. Right. But you got to hear a different side. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite part of writing and producing for other people. Like challenging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
like a custom made for, for each artist, the frequencies. Yes, I don't know how it is for you. For me, it's really more comfy to write somebody's lyrics or, or the melodies yeah. for other artists, yeah. not ma as many as you, but it feels like, you know, it gives me another avatars and characters. Yes. Yes, so when, when it comes to me, yeah. um, it's a complex and it always comes with the pain, you know, to, to confess. Mm. But it's still um, the most important part for me, I guess, mm. because yeah. in 2005, I was just an elementary school kid. Mm. And I just wanted to be a rapper. Before that, I just wanted to be a poet. But as time passes by, when I grow up, I, I could see, you know, more views. So actually, when I write something for the other artists, I feel really um, actually relieved and grateful to job to do. Wow. I mean, I, I can relate to that. I think uh, the pain part for me is probably the fun part because that, like, mm -hmm. that's like some of the most vivid paint mm -hmm. that we can use as artists when we're like filling in what we want to be a powerful verse. It's like, okay, does it hurt enough? Mm. You know, or does it feel good enough? Mm. You know, um, True. so I, I understand you there when you say you inject the pain in your verses to make sure that it's like, right. you know, they're strong. Mm -hmm. That I, resonates with me. When I first listened to your song, especially, I just want to point out, take it off. Yeah. Because that's my playlist, one of the playlists. Whoa. So that's crazy. I even translated into Korean and it just, just recorded once when I was an um, amateur. Whoa. So, so, you know, when I listened to it, I always um, wanted to have the frequency like you. Like, you know, it, it, sometimes it's the same. It could be falsetto. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you rap. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you just sang the hook yeah. for, for the other artists. Yeah. So um, how do you position yourself when you participate in the song as, as a player? Like, wow. First of all, these are great questions. Thank you. Um, and no one's ever asked me that, believe oh, really? it or not. Like, no, I've never had a journalist ever ask me that. That really matters to me. Um, so. That's like, no cap, like you, believe it or not, no one's, and, and it sounds like I, they could have, and it could have such an obvious question, but no one's ever asked me that. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by that. <laughs> I, um, I make decisions based off of feeling. Oh. I don't make them based off of um, convention. I gotta rap, I gotta sing. Yeah, no, nah, it's, just, it's just whatever it feels like it needs. And I'm gonna channel it as best as I can because I'm trying to tell somebody else who's gonna be better than me mm -hmm. to do it. And oftentimes what would happen was people, artists would be like, nah, we want you to stay on there. And I'd be like, no, but it's for this person. But I channel what I feel like is missing. Mm -hmm. And I forget that it's gonna be me because if I think that it's gonna be me, then it won't be as good and I won't be as confident. Mm -hmm. I'm only confident knowing that I am giving the instruction and the directives to someone else. So oh, yeah. like, for example, there's mm -hmm. a record that I did with um, Mystical a long time ago called Mystical, Shake. Yeah. wow. Yeah, sh shake your ass, right? Ooh. And I remember saying to them, oh man, you know, we're gonna get like Eddie Kendricks from The Temptations to do it. And they were like, nah, no, we, the record company wants you to stay on there. Like, oh. I was like, wait, what? So it was like this weird thing where like, I started to realize that was my sweet spot is when I channel other people mm. and I surrender to what the music needs and not let my ego or my feelings get involved. And then I actually make better decisions where there's gonna be me on the song at the end of the day or, or, or the not. Other artist. Or another artist. Mm. I filled in the blank and, and giving them a different feeling. Mm. These days I really have been 
thinking about 15 when I when I first listened to you, you know, the first um, feeling and the vibe and the reason why I started, why I chose music for my whole life, I guess. So, um, yeah, it's really tricky and confusing and I just don't know what's going to happen. Um, so if you could give me any advices because you are in the band mm -hmm. and you've you done the band. It's, it's different from the K-pop, but you've done a lot of projects like, of course, N.E.R.D., um, Neptunes, yeah. and, you know, of course, your solo. Yeah. You know, being in the Neptunes, being in N.E.R.D. and having a solo record really helped me because, you know, you do one thing, then you take a break. You do another thing, then you take a break. You mm -hmm. do another thing, then Switch you take modes. a break. Switch modes. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and it allows me to like put on different hats and put on different mm -hmm. masks. So I understand that. Uh, and I, I know like having that departure is gonna make it really fresh for you. Mm -hmm. I think it's good for you to do that because then when you come back to it, you know, to the to group, the team. Mm -hmm. I think it's gonna be, yeah, to the team, I think it's gonna be super fresh. You're gonna have a whole lot of ideas. Mm -hmm. who's, who's producing your, um, who, who are the producers um, on your solo record? Sometimes we 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 do our stuff on my, on our own, and okay. actually there's a, like an in-house team like okay. always work, working with us in the in the label. Okay. Sometimes we 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 get our songs from outside too. Okay. Yeah, so it's like flexible. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So you produce your songs for the NERD or Neptunes with maybe sometimes with, with Chad mm -hmm. or maybe just on your own, right? Mm -hmm. Is that a lot of work? Uh, you know what? I'm just carving away at it and adding layers until I feel like it's right. And then if I feel like I need some help, you know, then I'll yeah. reach out to somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, my ego would get in the way mm -hmm. when I was younger. But my loyalty is not to my ego. My what is, loyalty what is, it to? Is, is to the song. It's to the song. It's how do we make the song the absolute best. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at now. Like, wow. And I don't want to do anything that just feels like, oh, that's cool, that, that'll fit. No, I don't oh. want to fit. I want to, I want to knock the wall down mm -hmm. and, you know. You want to break? I, yes, yes, I want to set the whole entire block on fire. Mm -hmm. Not one room, the block, not the house, the block on fire. I want it to be, <laughs> I want it to be you know, on the yeah. news at night. Mm -hmm. I, listen, block on fire. Block on fire. Yeah. That's actually yeah. a cool name for a brand, actually. <laughs> you know. From what I'm hearing and what I'm understanding, you guys, you hit a place where you were like, you know, what are we doing? Mm. Who are we? Are mm. we who we said we were? Right. You know, um, and, and you know, as you think about who you are and you think about what you mean and what your intentions are, it's like also determining who you want to be. So I understand what that is. I know what it's like to hit that place in your career. Mm. Uh, and for whatever reason, and, and you guys are doing fine, how's that feel? Like, wh where are you in that process right now? Because you're working on a solo record, right? Yes, like 90% of the work is done. Okay. I've, I've released some mixtape as a, you know, one of the member of the band, but I think it was just a, like a, like an experiment. I think this time it's my, maybe my official first solo album. Okay. Um, that I could feel enough. Okay. It's been just like 10 years after we had our debut um, as a team. So, you know, K-pop is all about the band and the groups. And actually, I told you, I personally started my career as a rapper mm -hmm. uh -huh, and as a poet. Yeah. So um, that was a tricky part, actually, because the K-pop is, like is like a mix. Yeah. It's like the mix of American pop music, all the visuals and the choreos and, 
and social medias and stuff, it's really intense and really hectic. So it has some pros and cons of its own. So, you know, after 10 years, I think it was not our intention, but we actually became a sort of a social figure. So, you know, a K-pop band going to have a speech at the UN or, you know, meeting the presidents. I think I was really confused that I'm a, like a, what, what am I, like a diplomat or what? So <laughs> yeah. I was just a, like a, a small rapper and lyricist um, when I was young like, yeah. from the scratch. So it was 10 years really intense as a team. Uh, and um, I actually was in charge of all of the interviews and representing the team. That was my role. Yeah. So um, I think I got really, um, I don't know, like, yo, I got to stop this for, for a bit. Yeah. I got to shut it down and see what's going on. You know, making my mind really um, calm down. Yeah, you know, people are think that all they think is, oh, you rehearse all the time. No, they don't understand that you guys studied, you know, in a different kind of way mm. where we don't necessarily do that all the time in America. Right. Sometimes we put groups together. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, I mean, like, NSYNC was put together that way, you yeah, know, Backstreet Boys. One like, direction. You know, there's mm. a lot of them. Of course. But, here that would get ridiculed as like, oh, that's just a boy band. But you know what? They would have very similar results. And I'm not saying metric for metric, but I'm saying very similar results in terms of like the quality of the artist, the quality of, you know, them really understanding their consumers, them really understanding their genre and being able to keep it going for as long as they really want it because they really understood what they were there to do. They got the assignment. Mm. Wow. I mean, thank you, firstly, for such consideration. And actually, I'm not a, I'm not a representative for all these, you know, industry. I'm just a one of, of one, one of the part. Of course. And it's really, um, it's really for me, like feels like really dangerous to, you know, mention uh, the about the, you know, whole system about the pros and cons of lights and shadows and. I think you know there. If there's one, one good, there's always one bad. Yeah. So, um, for the whole K-pop system, I started my career as a rapper, but I'm just suddenly, maybe coincidentally, maybe by destiny, um, I just got into the center of the system, yeah. and I and I've been through you know all the stuff yeah. in, inside, right? Yes. But um, I think for my case, my label and um, Mr. Bang, which is our CEO of our label. He was, I think he was different because he's actually a, a producer. Um, mm -hmm. So um, I think he truly understands music and he always firstly respects the producers and engineers and what you had in your mind as an, as an artist. So um, we, always, we always try to take the good of the system, like you said, the quality, mm -hmm. the people, the techniques from the system. And we still, um, try to mix it with the heart. And we always try to emphasize that we are humans and you are human. We're just, I'm just a human who makes music and just performs in front of another people. And you're, you're just another human maybe who have a different job, just, you know, coming to see our concert. So I think that made me um, still putting my feet on the ground. I just always want to tell all the, you know, the trainees, in the industry, I just always want to tell, please don't forget you're a human who have a job in this industry and please be, be who you are. Um, and the fact that what we can do 
can influence the people and, you know, we can charge each other's batteries and, you know, give, take love back and forth. That's, I think, what's, what's been always important for me. Yeah, you know, I love what it is that you represent, you know, yeah. and uh, it's just great to see, you know, all Another. the work that, that you guys are doing. And I really feel like you're also showing people that like, you can be humble. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of humility that you all vibrate. I think that's a great energy. You know, I got- We need yeah. more in, in the artist community. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I first got invited to, you know, BBMAs and all the American music industry in, in like five years ago, I was like, man, like what's happening? And I, you know, took a photo with you, um, right? Um, all the great artists that I always seen on YouTube. So it was just so um, fast and hectic. So like five years have passed from, from that time. Right. We never thought of, you know, these whole, whole things, but I think naturally um, we became one of the representative, like, you know, from the Asian community. Mm -hmm. So we feel really um, responsible mm -hmm. uh, for that because um, like I'm always thinking to myself, like, am I like that good? Do I deserve all the responsibilities for the community? You know, like uh, socially. Yeah. So, but I've heard that you, you know, do a lot of stuff for for the community and the people. Mm -hmm. So I just wonder how you deal with it, um, those responsibilities, and you know, you have to be sometimes very um, good and and moral. Yeah. So how, how do you deal with it? When you ask yourself, man, am I good enough? Or do I deserve all this, all, mm -hmm. all this off? When I might have those uncomfortable thoughts, thoughts or questions about mm -hmm. myself or questions about my worthiness, mm -hmm. my worth, my value, mm -hmm. you know, going out and doing work over here for this and that, it helps answer that question. It's like, oh, wherever there was a deficit in your confidence of you deserving to be here or getting that kind of awe from mm. the fans, wherever the minus is, this adds to it. This is a plus that helps to fill that oh, in. Oh, I got it. And so it's you, motivation. You know what I'm saying? So like, so you do that work. You do that advocacy work because you then you know, man, I'm gonna sleep well at night. Like I did, I did my duty today. So it, it helps me, you know. Balance. Yeah, the balance. Yes. And makes me, you know, want to be a better, better one. Right. Right. And people know you mean it because you're out there doing the work now. Mm -hmm. It isn't just like making a beat, writing a song, you know, doing lyrics or, you know, making a composition or, you know, shooting some video or being in some film. It's actually work that's actually helping people as well at the same time. So there's a balance. So I hope all of my, what is it, confusion and, you know, these stupid thoughts help, you know, my life get better and of, be a better grown up for the fans, you know. Yeah, what people don't realize is like when you have, hundreds of millions of fans mm -hmm. and you encounter them, you know, 20 and 50 and 100,000 at a time. I can't notice a single face, you know. It's a mass. It's a mass. And, and it is a massive voice and mm -hmm. it is a massive, using that word mass, it is a massive energy mm -hmm. coming at you and you say jump. And, and they jump. And they jump. And you sing and they sing every word. Right. And you know that you can feel through their voices that so many of their lives have been affected and changed because of something that you've done. Mm -hmm. That's what I, don't I know only how you, believe. I don't know how you do that because I've had a couple songs do that. And then when I get out there and go sing it, that, that would make me cry because it was too much of a responsibility. Oh. Like, man, I, like, yeah. and, that, and I, every time I get that close to that size in, in what I do as a musician, I 
always step back. Oh, why? It's like, is, it's, it, is it too heavy? It's, like it's too heavy, man. Too much? It's too much of a responsibility. That's why mm. I really revere people like yourself and you know your, your, your band members and other artists like B and J and like, man, what y'all go out there and go face every night on that stage. It is, it is humbling and it's overwhelming. And sometimes your nervous system got to be built for that. Of course. Because that's a real mm -hmm. energy. Mm -hmm. And they'll never, your, your fans who are out there individually will never understand what you're feeling. Because they feel everybody else and they're in chorus with you right. singing. They're like, yes, right. isn't this so great? Isn't right. he great? You know, man, RM is, man, I love his verse. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, and oh man, here's my favorite part. Here's the hook, here's the car. Oh my God, we're, we're living our best lives. But they don't understand on the other side of that. Of course they can't. Is a it's, force. Yeah, it's not possible. And you said mass. Mm -hmm. That's a correct word. It is a mass that sends a massive energy your way. Mm. How do you deal, let me ask you this, how do you deal after you come off the stage feeling electrified and shocked every night? How do you, how do you, how do you decompress or do you decompress or do you purge? Like, how do you do that? My first performing was um, in front of like 10 people in some small clubs when I was like 15. Okay. And I like forgot, I, all most of the lyrics. So at that time, I just realized that oh, I'm not a you know I'm not a star type. I'm not a you know like a mm -hmm. frontman and you know like Kurt Cobain or yeah, or yeah. Mick Jagger. I'm not that type. Of, I'm just a human just who loves writes writing music and just you know uh, the energy. So yeah. every night is a is a challenge. That moment like after we finish the first three beginning songs and then we you know take out the earphones that's when i really that's all all the nerves and like there's a different different me persona for the next two hours and a half but but before that from the rehearsal and even in the plane i got really like really nervous and you know like so responsible because i really am aware of the stories that you know fans buy the tickets and they come from brazil you know from japan korea like from everywhere they just come there for just that one night. So it feels me like I have to pay back, you know? I have to give them, I have to offer them the best night ever in their lives. But I'm a human and I really get nervous. And I really sometimes get depressed and get swallowed by all the energies. But I'm trying and I'm, I'm, I try to deal with it because I'm a human and I love the music, I love their love, because you know, I think love is really happening when we give somebody, mm. not we we, we take. Receive, yeah, receive. We take. Yeah. So I think it's more closer to the real love, I guess, personally. So I just want to give them give them back. You know, they um, brought us from just a small city in Korea all the way back to you know this the heart of this music industry, like yeah. Las Vegas, L.A., New York. You know me having an interview with Pharrell, it, it, it could happen because of, you know, fans all over the world. I'm just always grateful and I just don't want to disappoint them. Wow. That's the only motivation that moves me and, you know, deal with all the mass, I yes. guess. Yes. <laughs> yes. Am I pronouncing it correct? No, 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 no. I'm saying it right. It's the mass. It's the mass. Yeah, it's a mass. It's massive. It's a, it's as well. A, it's really massive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um,
I just wanted to um, ask, how do you define, how do you position yourself? Like, you know, you're a producer, mm -hmm. yeah, you may be a rapper, you may be a singer, yeah. you may be a CEO, yeah. um, father, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a husband. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a public servant first. Public servant. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that word. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, being a public servant, you know, being a father, a husband, um, and then music is like everything for me because music's the, the skeleton key that's opened up every door. Still, for me to, yeah. still music. Is. Yeah, it's like the center of everything because without that, I wasn't able to do all the stuff that I'm able to do. I'm at like, you know, between my chapter one and two, like yeah. about the groove and solo, maybe yeah. I'm, like, I'm between music and, and, and maybe art. Sometimes I really feel afraid like that. Like, what if I, you know, um, don't like music anymore? You know, it comes right to my intuition yes in the sense yes so maybe i won't be able to betray no. this this precious thing forever but i sometimes really feel afraid like music uh nah nah it's not my first thing anymore like some some some, some yeah. sort of like that that's but, temporary oh really yeah oh yeah and then all of a sudden i'm, I'm relieved yeah <laughs> then all of a sudden you just go whoa that's the only thing i want to think about uh-huh you know it'll happen yeah, it's just time. And I remember you're 28. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 28. Yeah, I remember when I was 28. What were you like, like when you were 20, 28? What, Man. Where, where do you think you are? Just like time? you, I probably, you know, still walking around through the filter of my ego. Mm -hmm. You you know, you couldn't, I am. You couldn't tell me anything <laughs> at that time. It was like, oh, man. Right now, I'm just like so grateful to be able to do it, you mm -hmm. know, to be able to do it at the level that I can do it. Like, I'm just so humbled and so grateful you know, to work with the finest and the best um, and to do it so frequently. But at the time it was like, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's when you're just, you know, I never ever dreamt in a million years, I say that all the time, mm -hmm. that I would be able to do what I was doing at the time. Mm -hmm. It was like, wait a minute, like what? I can do this? Cause I was from Virginia. I wasn't from New York right. or like you said, Las Vegas mm -hmm. or like LA. You know, I was from Virginia. Mm. What was happening for us at the time was not happening for other people in that way. It was happening for Timberland and Missy, mm. but not too many other people. Of course. I mean, there were other producers and mm. writers and stuff, but it wasn't it wasn't the it, you know, the ubiquitous nature of the internet hadn't hit so hard. Mm. We came into the game in I don't know, nineteen ninety three. No. No one was thinking about the internet like mm. that. You know, that was when Bill Gates was just like sharing yeah, to people, like hey, this is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to check it out. And mm -hmm. people were like, okay, he's crazy. But he was right. He was right. He was, and so he was right. Though. When the internet kicked in, mm -hmm. that just changed everything. everything. You know, for for the Korean artists, especially the rappers, um, we call the whole American land. It's like a, there's it's called punto in Korean and, and it means like a motherland. Whoa. So like. You know, ah, this is some some different shit from the motherland. It's like, oh, it sounds like motherland. So like always, Whoa. because because you know, now now it's, things are changing. Yeah. Uh, where we're we're flowing back and forth, but still at that time when I started started music, it's like it was all, always about sounding like the motherlands. And well, um, I think you know, culture never you know it doesn't stuck in some in some stone. It just going flows back and forth. Always. Always, always influencing each other every time. Some of the artists really had some meaningful accomplishments at that time because it was, you know, everybody was poor and got nothing and 
you know, the inter the internet kicked in in Korea too, but still, it was a, it was a small city. So, I but I sometimes I really missed uh, missed that time, you know. It's like when there was no iPhone yeah. or <laughs> you know, yeah, Life no WhatsApp or yeah, yeah. I just sometimes I really missed that time. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was a crazy time. It was, but it's super crazy now. Whoa. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy still. Changing the air. We're in Mocha. Um, so you worked as a curator in 2014, which, you know, what, one of my favorite artists like um, Takashi, mm -hmm. um, JR, um, was it Othoniel. Um, what do you get from the, the visual, maybe fine art? Man, um, what I get from fine art is a, an appreciation from you know, fellow artists who work in a different artistic mm -hmm. discipline. Precisely. You know, and I think for every modality that we have, every submodality that we have, visual, olfactory, gustatory, kinesthetic, auditory, they just speak very different languages and they express the art in a very different way. Mm -hmm. Like with food, something can taste sweet or sour. With the auditory, we can hear something that is so sweet and so pleasant. Right. And then we can hear something that's like, ooh, sour, mm -hmm. you know? And so I really get enjoyment by like working with artists in different artistic disciplines to determine where the congruence is. Like, oh, wow, that's your sweet. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's your sour, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I always... I have a lot of reverence for people like that. You know, when I hear, when I listen to some great music, yeah. I feel, you know, I, I, I go, I blow away, but still I sometimes, I somewhat feel really jealous. You know, it makes me sometimes really, really painful. <laughs> but, <laughs> so it's, it's funny, right? But I want, for, for the visual art, I just won't draw a single line because I'm just, just want to remain as an outsider. Oh, wow. So, so, but, cool. but, I'm an, but, but I'm a lover, I'm, I'm a fan, I'm a maniac. But so, so when, when I look at the, the, all the paintings and, and maybe sculptures, I just feel really relieved because I can't, you know, I can yeah. love it as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's the funny part for me. That's awesome. <laughs> You're like, you know what? I'm not gonna draw anything so I can stay on the outside of it. That's interesting. Any new projects like coming up? Uh, like, well. Uh, following up the cash in, cash out and. Yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I guess um, my project uh, is called Friends. Friends. Yeah, with a PH. Uh, and it's the volume one. And oh, volume one. Yeah, it's you like guys are on there. Yeah, so you guys are on there, obviously. And uh, I'm actually talking about this way more than I'm supposed to, uh, but oh, we can we can cut it out. <laughs> but I'm just gonna put this out there. Uh, um, you said you're 90% done. Yeah. But if you know within that last 10%, if please, you, if you need. <laughs> You know, if you if you don't need me, but I mean, you I know, always need you for you, 15 years. Okay. <laughs> well, if you you don't, you want to do something, we can please. actually do it, and yeah, for please. real, let's set another please. block on fire. For real, for real. <laughs> <laughs>
This episode featured Pharrell with RM of BTS. Executive produced by Michael D. Ratner and Scott Ratner of OBB Sound, a division of OBB Media. And by Jason Fine, Bridget Chelsea, Christian Horde, Noah Schachtman, and Gus Wenner of Rolling Stone. Co-executive produced by Dylan Martyr of OBB Sound. Produced by Miranda Sherman and Toby Lawless of OBB Sound. Associate produced by Eve Bishop of OBB Sound. Voiceover by Eve Bishop of OBB Sound. Engineering by Frederick Burness, Daniel Chavez-Crook, Phineas O'Connell, Josh Falcon, Farrow Lopez, Dylan Neustadter, Miguel Romero, and David Lyon-Thompson. Edited, mixed, and mastered by Daniel Chavez-Crook of OBB Sound. Original music by James Asciutto for OBB Sound. Artwork by Joni Dobrov of OBB Media. Social media managed by Marissa Delgado of OBB Media.